podcast. We're a pioneer church based in Loughborough in the UK. Our mission is to make disciples to establish heaven on earth. We're so excited to hear that you guys are in a series looking at at the table and this is our table. For the last 13 years, this is where we've had the focus of life for lots of the ways we've tried to do life that hopefully I'll tell you about in a few minutes. Um, my name's Mal. I'm married to Chriselle. We have three birth children, all in their 20s. And for the last five years, uh, we've been foster carers as well. So uh, we've had a long-term foster son who's been who's 16 now. I've been with us for five years. And uh, on, on uh, this weekend, uh, we're going to get to visit uh, one of our godchildren who was a baby that we fostered since birth. So, uh, and now she's gone to join her forever family. So we're really excited about seeing her. Um, but come and have a seat at our table. Well, we've had a really long journey with uh, Rich and Ness particularly, and uh, you guys as knowing the story as we uh, have known from a distance. You know, there's a, um, there's a verse in Proverbs, I think, something like Proverbs 25, 25, that says, like water to the soul is good news from a distant land. And I think we've loved the sense of hearing about and uh, coming into contact with um, you guys in Open Heaven over the years. Rich and Ness used to come and speak on the discipleship year that I ran in Sheffield um, years ago when Open Heaven was a really new thing. And then uh, we got to see Fusion develop wonderfully in our city and be a key dynamic uh, in our church in Sheffield and what we saw God doing in that season. And then uh, part of that uh, was also hearing about you from uh, Rich's brother, James, who was an incredible special uh, part of our community uh, in Sheffield for a, a long time. Uh, one of the most special people to me. And then I got to see Rich more recently when he travelled with me to Norway. And, uh, and then we heard from the Houghtons who we'd known from our season here in Bristol, uh, who were saying, we know that you've done Burns Night um, and we know we, we've done Passover with you. Um, uh, could you. Could you send us some of the resources for Passover? So we loved hearing from them that you were coming into this season around at the table because we believe in uh, the table. I think out of this season of lockdown, I've loved it being described as church that um, we maybe had a season where we looked at church through the one eye of gathered event and the celebration of a Sunday. And then suddenly what lockdown did was make us look at through the other eye of church as um, as household and uh, 
we couldn't do the gathered event anymore. So we're having to think of it like that. So I love that now that we're into this post-season that you guys are focusing on, yes, we still are wanting to do the gathered event, but we also believe that God's been getting our attention about church being household too, and about it being at the table to be looking with both eyes. So we're excited for that season that you're in and having listened, uh, watched Rich's introductory talk, um, excited for you with that prophetic word that there is uh, over you as you press into this and excited to hear the, the fresh good news that we're going to hear from Loughborough of what God is doing with you. Well, um, I've been asked to look at this week uh, the idea of more practical things, the, the, the things that you want to develop as a, as a household, though you, those you do life with, around the table of um, regular rhythms and the traditions that you want to put in place through the year. Um, we think of those as being two different things, that the regular rhythms, the rhythms of the day, uh, the rhythms of the month, the rhythms of the week, the little touch points of what do you do. And then also acknowledging that in the year there are seasons and a story to follow. And within the seasons and story to follow, to understand our place in the bigger story in God's story and in the bigger story of our household, our identity, our culture, our friendships, those that God has given us. And to do things that remember and mark our place in that story. So all I want to do today is kind of give you some stories and tell you some ideas, some principles and practicals of what we do, and then hope that you might think about what you would like to adopt or adapt of some of the things that, that we've done. So um, regular rhythms. Uh, we talk about rhythms of the day, rhythms of the week, rhythms of the month. Um, the biggest one, the rhythms of the week would things like having one night that is family night, uh, one, uh, one night that is uh, house help, one, you know, different points in the week where we try and gather. But there's one regular rhythm that has been the gift that has kept on giving giving and giving and giving, and that has been uh, best bit, worst bit. Around our table, um, every day, uh, well, probably five days out of seven, um, we would, when we eat, we would do best bit, worst bit. Just the highs and lows, some households who've, who've taken this on from us have called it of the day. Um, we think it's a profound thing because you're actually, it's not just hearing about our days, actually, it's about where God's getting our attention. It's about the places where we actually see life and where Jesus is at work. And it also the places where we don't yet see life and sharing in the pain and where we want to see his kingdom come. Um, since lockdown and having older, older uh, household now, uh, we don't just do best bit, worst bit. We do uh, best bit, worst bit. Uh, what have you learned and who's been kind? Uh, who's been kind to you? And uh, we share each of those four. Uh, as, and then we, the final person that's chosen, uh, they get a little uh, a round of applause and an affirmation. And then they go first the next day. Um, we've been doing this for over 20 years. And it's a gift that keeps on giving. And the reason I think it's a gift that keeps on giving, it's like the examine as a spiritual practice. It's the idea of just going, Lord, I'm just taking a moment to go... What are you doing? 
uh, with me as I look back and as I look at my heart and how I'm feeling right now. What what are you doing in me? And um, I'm getting to share that is something that's a really big deal. So um, it's it's led even to uh, people uh, on our Burns Night tradition doing a poem that is actually that about all the bits that they'd shared being around our table. Here's that poem. Um, uh, but why not have a go right now? I know most of you are sat around tables uh, who, are, who are in the building and those of you who are online who are, who are together. Um, have a moment just to share at your tables, uh, best bit, worst bit. What have you learned? Who's been kind to you? If, if you can get that far, at least best bit, worst bit. What's What's been the best thing of your last 24 hours that has encouraged you or pleased you? And what's been the hardest thing and the thing where you want to see God still kick in? Um, have a chance to talk to each other. Brilliant. So I hope that is you getting to think a little bit about, this is almost the first action point I'd hope you take away is, what are the regular rhythms that we could maybe be a little bit more intentional about? Um, what's our version of connecting in? If the goal of family is connection, if the big goal is connection, what can we do to connect better in our household with our sense of extended household? For those of you who aren't in nuclear households, that sense of Jesus saying, who are my mothers and brothers? Um, those who hear the word of the Lord and put it into practice with me. So who are the people that you hear the word of the Lord and, and put it into practice with? Who's your table? It doesn't have to be who you live with. It's who um, one thinker on this, the guy behind Organic Church, Neil Cole, said it's the people you do life with at least three times a week, that you connect with three times a week. That sense of who you do household with. And then from there, go out and invite and connect uh, with others. So regular rhythms, that's the first one to have a bit of a think about. Uh, the rhythms of your day, where do you connect in, the rhythms of your week, the rhythms of your uh, month. Um, and then secondly, to think about see the, the seasons and story that we're within. Um, uh, I want to focus mainly on the traditions that we do through the year um, at our table. Um, the, the ideas of what we do as we, um, as we imagine ourselves into the story that we're part of. Uh, I love the verses in Romans 8 where it says, where your spirit, where your essence, where your identity meets with God's spirit, his essence, um, we cry, Abba, Father. Uh, that could equally be taken to be when your essence is your story. So where your story connects with God's overarching story, where your story meets with God's story, we cry Abba Father. So the goal, I think, of our household, a goal of a lot of what we're trying to do with our children, but also the friends and the wider people that we invite in, is to give them some flavour of the bigger story that we believe that we're a part and there's all these opportunities through the year to be part of a bigger story. 
Now, the obvious ones you could say are, are things like uh, Christmas and Easter, but not just Christmas, Advent and that whole process of telling the story that takes us into the Christmas season. And then Easter, the whole process of Lent and then Holy Week. And there's a whole load of things that we can do as households for those. But I thought almost to get your creative juices flowing, um, we could look at uh, a few that are beyond those big touch points and just a few uh, examples of what we do through the year that are touch points around this table that uh, that are both for us and where we look to include um, others. Uh, this time of year as we're heading into you know, mid-August and heading towards the new school year in September, I guess the first thing with, in, in the autumn that we focused, the big one we focused towards is some sense of harvest, which for us, we um, we culminate in Thanksgiving. And we lived in America for a few years, so uh, we do Thanksgiving as a, 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 a specific um, event with uh, uh, we do a very American food some of that weird stuff of marshmallows on sweet potato and all kinds of stuff but um, everybody in the household is encouraged to invite a couple of friends and everybody uh, is prepared to say you're going to have to wear the turkey of thanks on your head during the evening and as you wear your turkey of thanks we're going to ask you to um, to be thankful for three things and those three things is something ordinary, something extraordinary and someone. And our common commitment around this table is that we commit to um, uh, contact that person and tell them that we're thankful, whether that's in text or by person and say, thank you for all that. Uh, and this is why I'm thankful for you. And I talked about you last night. Um, we live next to our main bus route and uh, my wife Chriselle thanked our bus driver one year and as he drives by he still flashes and beeps us um, because the next day she did get on the bus and say I'm thankful for you and this is why. Um, uh, by the way in, in the notes of this uh, talk on, on, the, on YouTube I'm hoping that there will be a little resource for each of these ideas that I'm going to, that explains it a bit more. So if you want like a little resource pack for each uh, idea. So if you want to run with this uh, and adapt it a little bit, then you can download the pack from the notes and, uh, and then run with it yourself. But hopefully this will get, get your juices flowing of what's true for you. Um, because we understand that traditions, these traditions that help us into the story, one is to know our place in God's story, that we, it affirms our identity in God's story. Others affirm our identity in our own cultural setting. I love the family in our old church who had a Chinese background and so Chinese New Year was really big for, for them to celebrate. Uh, we celebrate uh, Norwegian Day, uh, May the 17th, uh, because I have a lot of connections there. What Bill Johnson called uh, your spiritual real estate, the places that you have identity and connections. What days in the year do, do you want to celebrate that aren't just knowing your place in God's story, but knowing your heritage story? Which are the ones for you that, that affirm that? Um, and then there can be uh, relationships and people that we value. You know, birthdays are an obvious example, 
but even remembering those who've passed or um, people who've been special to, uh, to us uh, and celebrating them. Uh, what are the days that we have where we celebrate people uh, around us? That's what we, we're trying to unpack as we, as we look at our calendar, your calendar will look slightly different. Um, but let me go on with a, another example. So um, after, um, after uh, Christmas, uh, we get into New Year and we do, a, we do a whole lot of traditions on New Year's Eve and New Year's Evening where we look backwards and we look forwards and we ask various questions of the previous year and hopes for the coming year. But then we get to um, New Year's Day normally, we go for a walk. We go to the river to pray and as a household and we'd invite a few friends and we take bread and we cast our bread upon the waters and we get to a bridge. We find a bridge over a river and we throw the bread into the river and then we watch it go down. We do it one by one and the bread represents the things that we don't want to take with us into the new, next year. Maybe some of the places that of pain and hurt and disappointment and just things I don't want to carry into the next year. We throw over the and we name it before each other. And then we turn to the other side of the bridge. Uh, we go to the other side and in January, normally the river's in full flood. So it's kind of really coming at you. All the expectation of the new year. And we each then in turn declare our hopes of what we hope to happen in um, the new year and then come around the table um, for hot chocolate and uh, dreams of, uh, and just reflect on maybe what we talked about at the bridge. Um, again, that little resource pack idea should be a link in the, in the notes as a, as a little idea thing for you. Um, uh, another one uh, for us that we try to do each year is, is try to have a day of dreams and our day of dreams, uh, we do on MLK Day, Martin Luther King Day, because uh, of the I Have a Dream speech. And we actually recite some of that speech at the, at the table uh, instead of grace. We, uh, and then we have a number of questions. Um, all of those questions are, uh, are in the little resource pack idea of things that you dream of. Your dream destination, your dream item of clothing, uh, your dream date, uh, your whatever it is. Um, and, uh, and then we share, we take the question out of a bag. It's all explained in the, that resource pack as to what we do uh, on MLK Day. But in lockdown, we had to work out a new way because we couldn't invite other people and people that we knew and everybody invite a couple of people. We couldn't do it like that. So in lockdown, we had to find a new way to do it. So our new way to do it was to do it as a text competition. And so just the three of us who were in the house then, we took the top 10 questions and then we each said who we were going to text with the, with, uh, the question of what was their dream place to go in the coming year or the dream concert or whatever. And then it was whoever replied first and then we scored who was the best. They got a points for the whoever replied first and points for the best answer. And, uh, and we did a little competition. 
and it was a brilliant way to connect with 30 people 10 questions, 30 people in our extended network of relationships and just created some connection and feedback in this season where we were locked down. So it's not something you even have to do just around the table. It's some, a little idea that you could do uh, just as a, a, a day of dreams, as a text, as a text idea. Um, and finally, uh, we do Valentine's full on. We actually do it as a month. I hope there's a little link in the bio of a video of us introducing Valentine's where you'll see we decorate the house crazily as love month with hearts everywhere. Um, and we have a tree and on the tree on the table, it's, we have all the members of our house household and those that we carry, including our God's children. And we pray for all the important people in our lives who are wooden hearts on this Valentine's tree. Um, and we also pray for their, their romance lives uh, and their partners, even though most of them don't have partners yet, as a, as a little idea of uh, what we do. But go to that video to have a little look. But that month is a focus for us on just the concept of love and what that means. And it just gives us a that's part of the story that we're in. So what about you? What about, uh, what are the things when you think about the year or ideas even that you've heard from somewhere else? You, I'd love to adapt that or adopt that into our household, into my network of relationships. Um, how could I do that? Well, um, here's your chance to have a, have a talk with one another and think about if I'm going to start putting some traditions around my table, um, what are your regular rhythms? And what are the traditions that you could do, not just for, for those you do life with, but those you can invite in, but invite them into the story? Um, the most profound for me, I think, of the whole year is Passover. Rich, in his first talk, had the, um, had the bread and the wine at the table. And you're the Last Supper. But actually, Jesus says to his disciples in Luke, um, I've eagerly come, I've, I've eagerly desired to be at this table with you because I am looking forward to, to uh, finding the fulfilment of this meal in the kingdom of God. This is not the Last Supper. It's actually knowing the story of being set free and freedom as a people that Jesus then puts onto himself that then points to a future. And uh, I would say over the last 15, 20 years around this table, that has been just about the most profound, imagining ourselves into the story and knowing our place in it and getting fresh understanding of who Jesus is, including inviting those who don't yet know Jesus. And yet, as they've cracked the matzah and said, what could it have been like for Jesus when he was doing this, knowing what he was about to go through? We bring people close to the kingdom of God when we include them in the story. Um, before you go into groups, uh, I've got one final thing to share with you. And that's one of our other celebrations in the year, which our, our heritage, part of our heritage is Scandinavian, part of it is Scottish. So we celebrate Burns Night and we do Burns Night partly as a creative 
uh, a creative evening where everybody's supposed to bring a poem. We also play a, bit, a little bit of Billy Connolly to get our accents good and the Proclaimers to, uh, to work on our Scottish accents as, as part of the evening as we then recite a bit of Burns' Ode to the Haggis and Eat Haggis and all those kind of things. But everybody tells a poem. And one of those poems, written one year by my wife, was uh, about the table. And it was about our experience of being at the table. And we found it so profound that uh, my daughter and I, between us, uh, we, we chopped the wood and then uh, she uh, wrote into it um, that poem. And this is that poem. Thank you for this table and for all who've sat around for all the conversations, trivial and profound. Thank you for the sense of knowing however tall in life, when we're sat together holding fork and knife, we seem to be more level, seeing to eye to eye, sharing what is in our hearts while filling our tum with pie. I love we've sat here with so many, with family, new friends and old, sharing together both food and thoughts and experiences told. I love that what we try to share is both bad and good. Being real, relationships sail across this sea of wood. We often say how rich we are because of those we love and know. The depth of what we share together making the richness grow. So thank you for this table. Bless it, Lord, we pray, that truth and love and food be shared, both now and every day. As we pray that blessing on our table, we pray, we pray that blessing on each of your tables. The creativity and the inspiration you need to work out how you can share your stories into, and your seasons in your households. So have a chance to talk about what, uh, what's your takeaway from this? What can you adopt or adapt? What principles and practicals could you put into place? Both as regular rhythms and things that affirm and celebrate the story that you're a part of. Both with Jesus in your identity and with those you love those you're called to connect with. Bless you, open heaven.